I know you've done some wonderful plays and had a show at the Pratt Museum recently, and I can't wait to hear everything you have to say, um, which could probably fill volumes. Yes, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> thank you, Rachel. Um, hi, um, thank you for coming, everyone. This is really um, nice. Um, I will try to be short because I've been saying I could probably talk about two hours about each little <laughs> thing and all the things that go into it and all the elements. So I'll try to be brief. And I, I did write a nice little interpretive guide. Please feel free to take copies. Grab more. I can always take more. Um, I guess I just want to thank um, the gallery and Adele and Bree and Brianna and, and Asia, who's not here for having have this nice exhibit because. Uh, as Adele said, this, I have been here for a very long time. I used to come here as a kid. I did a couple um, artists in school things. Not too many, because you guys don't go that far north. And we do now. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really fun to kind of come back here and remember what it was like when I was small. And I didn't think this whole thing was there a long time ago, this whole pony wall thing. And, so it's very fun. Um, and this exhibit is really kind of more about really what I want to do and just express in terms of I want to, to figure out what about the outside world is, is part of me. And because a lot of my recent work and a lot of my uh, college studies and a lot of my previous just doing educational programs, working for schools, working for my tribe, has been a lot about more of an inward um, cultural kind of examination. And so this is really about what things there are around that maybe aren't necessarily a part of me that I find inspiration from. And so these, I guess I'm gonna talk mostly about what is the most prominent, which are these uh, metallic pieces here, which I have heard people call them shields. I've heard people call them kites or sails. Um, fish scales, that's another common one. And each one I'm just flattered by because I think it's really nice that you see those things in very different in different ways. Um, and the shape is based on what is a traditional trope in um, Cook Inlet and Denia spirituality, which is the existence of three souls. And ever since I read that some years ago, it really stuck with me and I thought it was interesting because I'm still not even quite sure what all that means and what it entails because the people that were very familiar with that are no longer with us. Um, but so I use that and I, I keep going back to this nice, smooth, triangle shape, and so that's, I've been really focused on doing that for a long time now, and I think the last few plates I actually did were somewhat triangular in nature here. Um, so I'm using that as a frame. These are individual aspects of things that have inspired me just through my adventures and travels and meeting other people and, and learning about other people's beliefs and how they express um, either faith or gratitude or anything like that that's more of a building up feeling. Because I want to show that there's ways you can incorporate sentiments from other people into your own 
personal existence without having to compromise really anything. You can find beauty in anything, and I think that's really important when it comes to the discussion about what um, really stuffy topics like religious tolerance and uh, cultural tolerance and all those very big ideas that I know very little about. Um, uh, the other set of uh, paintings, well, calligraphic paintings, uh, those back there, those are kind of an examination of an aspect of also uh, traditional denial language, which there is a word which I'm fascinated with called denai, and that is a word that grammatically does not quite mean person, but does not quite mean spirit. It's somewhere in between. So there's this concept in a lot of oral records and anthropological records. And, and by the way, a lot of these records and stuff, some of them may or may not be true. <laughs> a lot of them are secondhand through other people and other cultures, and so everything is pretty much this backwards examination. It's like deducing history um, and peeling apart these layers of influences. And, but this one word I found very interesting is only attached to things that are like natural phenomena. And I think a lot of the classic um, idea of what indigenous spirituality is, especially here, has to do a lot with living beings and wildlife. And I kind of have this theory that maybe that's not necessarily the case. Maybe it's those stories and those wildlife characters that are the actors acting out these uh, moral and social tropes that maybe are based on spiritual concepts, but are more having to do with taking those tropes and putting them into practical use. So I kind of imagine the world of animals and animal spirits to be more like the actors of a stage, kind of like um, nothing much different from the Greek classics and, and kabuki theater and all of these really old um, performance styles. And when I started to think about that, it, it really dawned on me that, well, those things are changing and evolving. So what I've done with those uh, paintings is I've taken existing examples of that word I found, but I've also backwards engineered them and made new ones from ones that didn't exist that I thought should exist. Um, for example, there is a, a Spirit of Dreams um, picture, which is the third one from the right on the bottom, um, because there was a lot of linguistic evidence about how important uh, dreams are. So that's kind of me playing around with both new and old, but kind of combining it all into one big soup. Um, the other things are, there's four of these pieces, and these are kind of in the same spirit in that they're a backwards engineering of some ideas. They, they don't necessarily mean anything that exists. Um, they are kind of like my imagination of what the future of medicine objects would be, because those are some of the surviving um, traditional uh, spiritual methods that are found in a lot of this continent and really around the world. And so I was experimenting with shapes and forms and 
and thinking about what, what might these things look like in the future. Um, and my very favorite thing in the whole world is one of the, because there's many, um, origin stories in, in Dunaina and Lutiak and Atna tradition, which is the cloud origin story about a cloud hitting a mountain, and that's how things and people got started, and I, I just love that, that, that symbol, and it sticks with me. And so this one in particular is my idea of a cloud altar, and the root inside, if you actually look inside, is a piece of natural white agate, and that is, of course, people know a very popular thing to collect in beach comb, but that is something that is traditionally thought of as a gift from the sky. So that's kind of like, well, if I had to think about this in a different context and in the future, I think it would be something like this. And it's kind of what the other pieces are, but they're different, um, they're different materials. Um, and the last thing are the things in the middle here. Um, first of all, on the back side is this, it was originally kind of like my version of a medicine wheel, but I call it a medicine compass, because I think it's much more dynamic and kind of represents a lot more navigation. But it represents um, kind of the history of the region and how what well, I interpret my origins and part of the history of it. So it has parts of a medicine wheel, which is found in mostly the Northwest and this would be kind of the farthest extent that some of those concepts go on the continent. And also there are, uh, using my written alphabet for the language, are parts of the Gospels of the Four Evangelists because those are very <coughs> prominent figures in um, orthodoxy. And orthodoxy, whether for better or worse, has had a really big influence on just my culture, my family, and this whole region. And so I've, I've combined all of that together into one kind of dynamic um, piece. And on the flip side of that, a lot of people have been ogling this wonderful, um, I guess, contraption. I call it a lamp, although it does not get much light. Um, it's a cosmological map of the stars, all the prominent constellations, and they are exactly mapped to be what they are right now, which is, what is it, December 6th today? December 6th at like 5.36 p.m. So back <laughs> some months ago, I, I, I calculated that in, found a nice little star mapper that would do that for me, and that's what I based it on. Because I, I think it represents a lot of things being only temporary. And that's something that is reflected in a lot of these, with these glass um, cabochon figures. Because I think they're like, they're little visual <coughs> reminders that, that things kind of change all the time. So there's not too much point in maybe focusing on, you know, things like paintings. And, and although they're beautiful and wonderful, and I like when people come and see them, they are kind of trifles in a way. And I think what you have to remember is, what you get out of them is the important part. And so I, I just love to, to put that there, kind of like as a, like an authoritative symbol of, uh, I'm much more important than the rest of what's, wh whatever is going on. Um, 
but so the shape of this, not just the map, but what it represents is a look at the role of, of cosmology and how we kind of take it for granted. We live somewhere where we have fairly clear skies. We can go look at stars. And one of the things that I found really interesting doing all of my studies was there is an existence, I, and again, I don't know if this is real or how many people believed in it, but there's written accounts of taboos of wanton uh, stargazing, which at one point, according to sources, um, it was not proper for people in this region to be just looking up at the stars willy-nilly with no practical intent if they're not part of a class of medicine people, if they're not somebody who is doing weather watching. That, that, that's, that's not your thing, it's not for you. You don't do it, that's like wasting time. And I just love that idea and I love being unorthodox. So I thought, well, what better way to do that than to just kind of take that and just make something that everybody can go look at it. And be like, you know, it's fun to do um, cultural studies and be into your background, but I think there's individual things about your own background that maybe are a bit silly now, and to just kind of say, hey, look, look at this silly thing that I think we used to have here, and, and how not that interesting, but isn't it nice that we can just share that and, and move on? So it's kind of like inviting people to break the taboo, more or less. Um, <laughs> It really, that's, that's kind of what it represents. And the last thing that I wanted to really touch on was just to, once again, thank everybody for coming here and being here. And, uh, and if anybody wants to know more, you can please you can talk to me, you can see me. Um, and uh, I want to thank um, Asia, who's not here especially, because uh, she really put a big effort into um, not necessarily just getting me involved, but really, um, I want to say challenging me. Although I don't think challenging is not the right word. She's not a very challenging person. She, she's not going to go there and, and say, I think you can do better or whatever. Um, but she told me something that was very interesting recently, which was she was looking at a review of some of these pieces and things I've done before, and that was, oh, it's kind of like you're doing what they call reverse engineering, but instead of reverse engineering physical parts, you're reverse engineering ideas. And I really like that, and that really stuck with me, and I think that's something that I'm going to use kind of going forward from now. And so I really owe her a lot. Um, so if whenever you see her, please thank her, because I, I really, this is just a treat for me. I, I've been coming here since I was a kid, so I'm just thrilled. And I'm happy it's done. I'm going to take it And thank you, Adele, too. Adele's been in charge, and she's very nice. And I can't say enough about her. So thank you. I'm, I'm done.